Blog Talk Radio. Education isn't such trouble. All over the world, not only here, everywhere. I hear only people complaining, our system doesn't work. What is, in my opinion, the real problem is that we have forgotten what is education for. We've told that it is to prepare our children for a job or for a situation that we think they will face. The future is unknown. What we need to do is to prepare our children to be able to face the unpredictable, which is what the future is. Education is not about creating somebody ready to fit into a pre-organized position. So the purpose of education is much broader. It's to help people to become full human beings and members of the human community. The task of education must change. What school really ought to be for is fostering the growth and development of of children. From the earliest years, it must be developmental, in the most, you know, in the deepest sense, developmental, brain developmental. And then into into the elementary years, it must be about problem solving and social development. And I think in the later years, it really has got to be about, you know, motivation, mission, and purpose, you know. What are your unique capabilities? What are your unique interests? You know, what's What are you going to bring to the world that um, that makes you something special? Traditional education can't do that. Well, the underlying assumption in traditional education is that teaching is telling. So what we're here to do is we're here to tell students stuff. The assumption is that every child in a class can get through the same amount of stuff within that nine-month academic year. And of course, this is absurd. Everyone knows who's been in a classroom that not every child will proceed at the same pace. But every child is destined to be something. And maybe there's a way to do education that would kind of have something for everyone. Many have written or spoken of what school should look like from a developmental perspective. But nobody, nobody uh, created the complete uh, developmental package that Montessori did. Montessori spent 50 years of her life of serving children and she was able to unravel the nature of the human being and produce a method through which we all could develop to our full potential. It is just in the last two, three decades that science has developed the technology and the assessment tools to prove what Maria Montessori knew a hundred years ago, just by observing children. In a Montessori community, the children learn that every member of that community is equally valuable, that everybody brings something that nobody else has. 
that my gift is different than yours. Our job is to remove all the obstacles so that the gift can shine. It's about deep respect for self, others, for the wider world and the community and the spirit. And so if we start with respect within oneself and with the child, the individual child, you know, within the family, which is within the neighborhood, which is within our city and within our, you know, broader society, that's how we get to to change. Montessori began her work in a very low-income area outside of Rome. As a medical doctor, she was very interested in scientific observation. So in 1907, she started what was called the Casa dei Bambini, the first children's house. And it was really to see how younger children, ages two and a half to six, responded to the same kind of developmental materials that she had used with older children who had special needs. And what she found is that these younger children were able to use the materials in order to teach themselves. These children were called the miracle children. And why they called them miracle children wasn't so much because of the precocious academics, but what really attracted people were the way the children were self-managing, the way they had self-discipline, even when the adults weren't in the room, the, the grace and courtesy that they had with each other and others. That was really what was so unusual. And what she found is that in an environment that is suited to children's needs and the freedom to be able to engage in purposeful activity, that this kind of personality came out in all the children. And she, she described it as really the normal traits of children who have an environment that really helped them do the things that they needed to do to develop whether it's a toddler, a preschool, adolescent, they all have different needs at different times, but they all need to have the freedom uh, to really explore and delve into things to the extent that they really can master something, things they're really interested in. In order to do that, we need special uh, kinds of environments at different ages, and we need special kind of training for the adults that interact with the children. So it's quite different than uh, one size fits all. It's that opportunity to be independent, that opportunity to make choices for yourself um, that I think is really at the heart of um, a Montessori education. When you walk into a Montessori environment, no matter where you are in the world, you're going to see the same materials on the shelves, uh, depending on what the age of the child is. But they're there, whether you're in India, whether you're in Japan, whether you're in the United States, you walk in and the shelves are filled with the materials that we see everywhere. Of course, they're adapted to the culture and traditions because it's the universal child is what we're talking about. And they develop in the same way around the world. And the global work of Montessori is much more extensive than people know. For example, there's Montessori in 110 countries and there are over 22,000 Montessori schools worldwide. It is actually the largest pedagogy in the world. People don't know that. I think Montessori education has never been more relevant than it is now. The child is not just creating himself. 
He is refashioning humanity. It is our responsibility to give the children that possibility to create a new world, to create new perspectives. When Dr. Montessori was asked to describe the Montessori method, she said that it really is about education for life. It's about each moment in a child's life is a very critical part of their development. And everything that we do in these environments is to help them to be able to interact in life in all levels, whether it be social, emotional, intellectual, etc. What she really saw is that with inherent within each child is a potential to change the world. And that really can only happen if children are given the best environment and treat it with great respect. That is really the essence of the Montessori method. I believe that the new generation of children everywhere around the world will be confronted in 10, 15, 20 years from now with a totally unpredictable world with no precedent and more than ever the world will need a generation of people who will have been prepared to deal with the unpredictable, to be adaptable, to be able to analyze the situation and find out what is the imaginative, creative solution for it. And to do it in a manner that will be socially responsible, with value in the capacity to relate to others, not only in a peaceful manner, but in a constructive and productive manner. So I don't know of any other system of education today than the Montessori one to optimize that sort of preparation for the future. To make clear that this is not just an alternative. I think it's an imperative. Welcome to Raising Independent Thinkers. This show is a space for families who are homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling. We'll explore alternative teaching methods, federal and state homeschooling laws, and most importantly, this show is a platform where families can inspire one another on how to raise independent thinkers. I'm your host, Bathsheba Omani, Montessori educator, homeschooling consultant, owner of Homeschool Guide, LLC, and mother of two. Let's get started. Hope everyone is having a lovely Sunday. Today is August the 23rd, 2020. This is the Raising Independent Thinker Show, and I'm your host, Bathsheba Omani. Hope your week is going well. Um, I'm feeling a little bit tired, but still blessed. So I'm going to be starting a series talking about homeschooling methods. And today we're going to start off with one of my favorites, which is the Montessori method. The clip that I started with is called the Montessori method, Education for Life. And it's a part of a documentary called Inside Montessori by Jan Selby. And it's a really wonderful documentary. If you get a chance, I strongly recommend you watch it. 
So the quote I'd like to start off with is from Dr. Maria Montessori herself, and it reads, so we discovered that education is not something which the teacher does, but that it is a natural process which develops spontaneously in the human being. So after spending about two decades working as a Montessori educator, I realized some of the ways that this method has truly changed my life and inspired me. It showed me that there is freedom within limits when it comes to learning and working. So as an adult who was a student in a traditional public school, I was taught how to follow the rules, what I should study, when I should study, when I could ask a question, when I could eat, and so on. So it took me time to realize that it's important to learn how to make my own decisions, how to follow my own beliefs, and how to be an independent thinker. And I wish I could have learned these things at a younger age, but I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to learn about this Montessori philosophy and help younger children learn how to be independent. Now, many people think that there's too much freedom in a Montessori setting. I've heard that. And many adults can't understand why you would even give a child so much freedom. And they're not realizing there are set boundaries that the children understand understand everyone will follow. So, for example, there's certain activities that need to be presented before a child works on it. And once they had the lesson on it, the child is free to choose the work at their own pace. So there is freedom, but it is also within limits. Another way it's changed my life is that it has taught me how to slow down. Sometimes we move so fast around children, we don't even realize it. When I first started teaching, I remember working with very young children, and I thought, to myself, it was so strange that the adults in the room were walking so slow. They were barely talking, and it was as if they really didn't need to be there. And it reminds me of another quote by Dr. Montessori that says, the greatest sign of success for a teacher is to be able to say the children are now working as if I did not exist. And For me, it was just amazing to see how um, such young children can work harmoniously with very little direction and be so independent. And I started to realize that we as adults underestimate what a child is capable of. And it's unfortunate, and we're usually the ones in the way of our children's success in learning. We think they're learning too slow or they're not learning enough, or they're not moving fast enough. So I'll come back to how Montessori has changed my life. I wanted to talk a little bit about who Maria Montessori was and a little bit about her philosophy. So Montessori was born in Italy in 1870. She graduated as one of the first female doctors at 26 years old. She became a leading advocate for women's rights. She began working in 
asylums for the mentally insane and started working with the children in these asylums. And although these children lack stimulation and affection, she she believed that it was necessary for them to be put back into society and that they had potential. So she opened up her first school and called it Casa de Bambini, which means children's house. And through her scientific observations, Montessori identified different stages and that during each stage of development, children acquired certain skills. So these stages are called the four planes of development, and I'll just briefly go through each stage. The first plane is called the absorbent mind, and this happens between the ages of birth to six. This is when a child is experiencing intense mental activity that allows a child to absorb learning from their environment naturally and spontaneously. The second plane is called the conscious imagination or childhood, and this happens between the ages of 6 to 12. This is the period when the child is craving for mental or intellectual independence. Children start to use more abstract thinking and ability to reason. The third plane is called new identity or adolescence, which is from ages 12 to 18. This is the period where there is so much psychic transformation. Character is seldom stable at this age. There's signs of indiscipline and rebellion. Adolescence is the time when the child enters the state of manhood and becomes a member of society. This is the time to encourage that that economic independence. So I, I remember when my daughter turned 12, she learned how to start up a coffee company, and it was called Cool Beans. She learned how the production worked. She studied commerce and exchange, the art of meeting the demand, bookkeeping, and learning how to make coffee. Um, so the fourth plane is called maturity, which is from 18 to 24. And this period is characterized by spiritual, emotional, and moral independence. This is the time where you start to think about your place in society and humanity. Now, both of my children are in this in this stage, and it's so crazy to think about how um, the time just goes by so fast. <laughs> so I'm going to take a short break, and I will be right back. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter, but I see it in you, so we can walk it out. Ooh, mountains. We can walk it out and
silence is a quiet And it feels like it's getting hard to breathe And I know you feel like I am But I promise we'll take the world to its feet about the Montessori method, I wanted to continue and talk about a few of the main principles of the philosophy and how to incorporate Montessori in your homeschool. So I'll talk about five core principles. There are more, but these five are the ones that are important to me. So the first one is child-directed work. So the Montessori method supports children in choosing meaningful work that captures their interests so the child is able to move freely around their environment and explore and choose the work that they would like to do. So there is freedom in what the child would like to do, but again, this freedom is within limits. So the limits of child-directed work is choosing, it it could be choosing one work at a time, putting it away before choosing something else, receiving a lesson on a new activity, 
and having respect for the materials and so on. So before I, I go to the second principle, I wanted to define um, the child's work because I, I've been mentioning that a lot. So work is a term that many Montessori educators use in that it is a positive experience of undertaking an activity that fulfills your mind, body, and heart. So for many of us, the word work brings thoughts of stress, tireless nights, and anxiety. But if you truly love what you do, then work means something completely different. And this is what we want our children to learn, that completing a task is rewarding. So that's why we call what they do work. So the second principle is the prepared environment. So the adults create the prepared environment and it's designed with everything that the child needs to explore and learn independently. Most environments are filled with shelves and materials that entice the child's interest. Many of the Montessori materials are placed in baskets or trays so that it's easily put away and to show the child that everything has a place. The environment is usually far more minimalist than a traditional space where you might see bright colors, cartoon, cartoon characters on the wall, but in a Montessori space, there's natural lighting and the colors are more muted to create a more calming space um, that fosters concentration. So the third principle is mixed age groups. Montessori included mixed aged and mixed skill levels in the same place. So generally, she divided children into three-year groups. So for example, three to six, six to nine, nine to 12. And the reasoning behind this is so that children can learn from each other and build a community with each other, the, where the younger ones observe and learn from the older ones, and then the older ones gain leadership skills and learn how to give lessons to the younger ones. Um, and this is a wonderful, you know, this is a wonderful method for homeschooling families that have multiple children. So the fourth principle is respect for the child. And I think this is one of the most important ones to me. You know, over the years, I've seen time and time again, adults trying to force the child to do something without the regard to their needs. And we are sometimes overbearing with them. We speak for them. We talk down to the child. And then we expect them to be submissive and behave. We tend to forget that children learn what they see us do. So it's important to be a good role model and show them how we should treat all living beings around us. We teach our children how to respect things by the way we handle things. So respect is a big component in the Montessori method. Okay, last but not least is independence. It was always the goal for Dr. Montessori to make the child independent and be able to do things for himself. This is achieved by giving children opportunities, giving them clear choices, 
opportunities for them to move, to dress themselves, to choose what they would like to study, and to be able to help, you know, us with tasks that we do throughout our day. And when we allow children to be independent and do things for themselves, we increase their self-belief, self-confidence, and self-esteem. So if you have any questions, please put them in the chat, or you can call in at 425-569-5169 and press number 1. Um, I'm going to take another short break, and I will be right back.
right, I'm back. So we're talking about the Montessori method. And before I continue, I wanted to share that I'm working on a Montessori math curriculum. And hopefully it will be complete within the next few weeks. This curriculum will be for children ages 3 to 6. It'll include a list of Montessori materials that you'll purchase on Amazon, along with videos on how to give the child the lessons. It'll also include templates of extensions to each lesson. So the curriculum will come in units, and each unit, depending on how long it takes your child to understand the concepts, can last once up to three months or longer. I also have a preschool curriculum available now that's a little bit more comprehensive for your younger child. You can go to my website at home-schoolguide.com. Again, home-schoolguide.com. So let's continue um, talking about how to incorporate Montessori into your homeschool. And I'll talk about three ways you can do this. The first thing I wanted to mention is practical life which is considered one of the most critical areas for the younger child. However, to me, it's just as important to the older child um, as well. The focus just simply shifts. So the goal for incorporating practical life into your homeschool is that it teaches your child independence and self-care. From a Montessori perspective, a younger child is the helper around the house, while the older child is um, an independent contributor. This, so, for example, my, my older kids, they have certain days wh when they do things around the house um, to help contribute. So the sequence of exercises should be individualized based on the nature of the family. So some activities may include loading and unloading the dishwasher, preparing meals, you know, baking simple recipes, setting the table, laundry, folding towels. And for older children, they should be expected, like I said, um, for my kids, to set a specific day and manage that day accordingly where they're doing things in the home. And it's always good to have routines and be consistent. Okay, number two is thinking about materials. So you don't really need every material a Montessori school has. It's just not necessary, and it could get extremely expensive. Um, there are many ideas and alternative ways you can create your own materials. And if you feel overwhelmed at the thought of making materials, maybe this could be a family project. Um, I know for me, <laughs> preparing materials actually can be fun. So, for example, in lower elementary, one of the Montessori language materials are um, parts of speech, where they're learning about grammar. So there are parts of speech cards that you can easily create at home. You know, it may take you a little bit of time printing, cutting, and possibly laminating, but it's also less expensive than purchasing a curriculum online. Also, before you think of purchasing, do some research, and um, there are a lot of free Montessori resources out there. And again, of course, I provide 
you know, a, a comprehensive curriculum where there are templates um, for preschoolers, and that's you can find on my website. Okay, last but not least, the third way to incorporate Montessori at home is to have a prepared environment. And this means that it's you're designing your environment so that your child has the ability for learning independently because it's all about, you know, raising an independent thinker, right? So um, it's well thought out. You know, you need places where you can store and organize their personal items. If your child's room is just pretty and organized, but they can't reach any of their personal items, then it's not functional for them. So you want to choose spaces in your home where you want your child to have access to things. And this may mean you might have a small space in your kitchen where your child can reach certain items to set you know, their place at the table, or you might want to add a shelf to your living room space with some materials for your child to work with. If you have questions on environmental design, please reach out for a Zoom consultation, and that way I can see your space and help you create a homeschooling environment. Okay, so I hope that I have inspired someone today. Hopefully, um, you all have a wonderful week. Please tune in to the next week's show, the same day and time, and stay blessed. Been traveling these wide roads for so long. My heart's been far from you. Ten thousand miles gone. Oh, I want to come near and give every part of me. But there's blood on my hands and my lips are unclean. In my darkness, I remember Mama's words reoccur to me. Surrender to the good law and it wipe your slate clean. Take me to your river. But there's blood on my hands 
in my lips are unclean. Take me to your river. I wanna go. Oh, take me to your river. Please let me know 